0: And God calling us to a deeper walk with him through the study of his word and through personal time with him. How many of you have been blessed the Wednesday night studies? How many of you have been taking time to spend with the Lord? How many of you are experiencing the power of God in your lives as you're spending time with him? I thank God for the testimony that Brother Cameron shared us as as he began to stand before the presence of God and seek him. The Lord changed his life. He experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so today we expect no different from his word. First Samuel, the 17th chapter. And today I want to look at verses 4 through 11. And then we're going to go to verses 45 through 47. And when you have found it, I'd like for you to just holler, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The New King James version says, and a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath. Can you say Goliath? Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, about 10 feet tall. He had now this is my focus today. He had a bronze helmet on his head. Thank you, Jesus. He was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. About 127 pounds. And the Bible says he had a bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And his iron spearhead weighed six hundred shekels. I bless you, Father. Thank you. And a shield and 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 a shield bearer went before him. Then (laughs) he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Why are you all even out here? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we'll be your servant. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. Now, listen to the listen to this. Listen to this. The Bible says, and the Philistine said, help me, Holy Ghost, today. He said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. Now, watch this, y'all. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Buckle your seatbelts. Watch this now. The Bible says when Saul... And all Israel heard these words, somebody say words, somebody say words, something about words, y'all, something about words, y'all. When he heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Verse 45. Thank you, Jesus. Then David said to the Philistine, (laughs) you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But, come on in here, somebody. (laughs) Come on, work with the preacher today. He says, but I need you, God, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the ar- the God, the God, the God, the God, the God, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day, the Lord. Now watch, watch him now, watch him now, watch him now. He says, this day. What day did I say, everybody? He said, this day, the Lord will. Somebody say, the Lord will. Help me, God. Help me, God. Help me, God. The Bible says, this day, the Lord will. If there's anybody out in the hallways, y'all better go get them. Go get them. If you don't know where your children are, you better go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them today. Go. Somebody clear the building. Go get them. Go get them. Go get them. Help me, Holy Ghost, today. Uh he says this day, somebody needs to hear this. Yeah. The Lord, who did I say everybody? The Lord. Who did I say everybody? The Lord. the Lord will deliver you into my hand today. It's going down today. He says, and 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 to add and and let me just add this to it, uh Mr. Goliath. And and i I will strike you. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. And take your head from you. And this day, somebody say this day. I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts. Thank you, God. The wild beasts of the earth. That, that, that. Why are you doing this, David? What's this about? That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword or with spear for the battle. The battle. Somebody shout the battle. Somebody shout the battle. If you're in a battle, somebody shout the battle. If you're at war with the devil right now, if he's trying to get in your house, get in your marriage, get on your job, get in your mind, somebody shout the battle. The Bible says the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. Oh, Father, we bless you. Teach us today on the image of invincibility in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Part two of our series. Last week we discovered what it takes to kill a giant. The word of God says that, that, that David, the difference between David and the, and the armies of Israel for the Bible says that not one man was willing to fight against Goliath. Not Saul even though he stood head and shoulders above everybody. If there's anybody who was the most qualified it should have been Saul. Now, if there was an army that, that had an experience that was the most that that had the most uh, 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 from which to draw in their history about God's provision in battle. It should have been the Israelites. Amen. Uh, you're talking about an army that, that on occasion, the word of God says that they marched around the walls of Jericho and they really did not have to fight because God confused the enemy. You're talking about an army that did not experience much wear and tear in battle because God would fight battles for them. Was it not Jehoshaphat in the battle? Do y'all remember Jehoshaphat? The Bible says that, that Jehoshaphat and, and, and all of Israel was being surrounded by an army of over 100,000 and they were about 10,000 and so they got on their Faces anybody been in a situation like that where they started calling on the name of the Lord? And what happened? The Bible says that God said, Listen, instead of you fighting today, I want you to praise me today. And the Bible says, He says, Take, take, take the choir, uh, take your praise team, put them on the front lines of your army. He said, Don't put no swords in their hands, don't put no shields in their hands, but, but put something in their mouth and, and let them open up their mouths and begin to praise God. And the Bible says, As they began to praise God, that the Lord began to confuse the enemy. He set ambushments against this army. Knew what it felt like to taste the sweet morsels of victory. This army had been in situations where all the odds were against them, but God showed up. Was it not Saul that had led Israel in the battle just a few verses before and God wrought a mighty victory? But just like Saul and just like the Israelites, all of us are so prone to forget the blessings of God and we get in situations where we forget everything think that God has done and we get afraid. But David, <laughs> I love this today, but David, the difference between David and them, and we told you last week, is that David spent time in the presence of God. And so God's solution to the problem was not to send a warrior, but God sent a worshiper. You probably should write that down. You, you, let me tell you why. God is able to do more with worship than he can with work. God is able to do more with prayer than he can with your skill set. God is able to do more with spiritual weapons of warfare than he can with your tactical skills and your ability to have charisma and your ability to persuade. Is anybody in here who's been in a situation where you tried everything you could try, you used all the resources you could use, and then you finally remembered, I forgot, there is a God. There is a God that's able to get me out. And you began to go into prayer. You began to say, God, get me out of this mess. God, I got myself in, but I need you to get me out. And God, every time, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Every time, God comes through. David, the difference. I just wanted you to get this. The difference between David and Saul. The difference between David and the whole, the whole armies of Israel. Now check this out. You got one big dude who's threatening a whole army. How come at least 10 of those soldiers didn't say let's get together and take him down? The Bible says because for 40 days and 40 nights they were listening to Goliath. Watch this now. Focus on Goliath and you'll stumble. Focus on God and your giants will tumble. I want to talk today about your focus. The difference... Get this, get this, get this. The difference between David and everybody else was focus. While everybody else heard Goliath, David heard God. While everybody else saw Goliath, David saw God. Even though Goliath was big and loud and trash-talking and standing and boasting and defying God and bad-mouthing them, talking about their children, talking about their wives, talking about their God, David didn't pay any attention to Goliath. David said, I'm going to lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help, my help cometh from the Lord. Listen, I'm not not just preaching at you today. What I want to help somebody to learn today is that there there is no situation... There is no situation that you can be confronted with that you as a believer ought to get afraid about. There is no excuse not to trust God. David had never fought in any battles. David had never. What the difference was is David had spent time with God. And when you spend time with God, God will tell you stuff in the midst of your situation and your problem. And although everybody around you is worried, God will give you peace in the midst of your storms. Do you know what I'm talking about today? Some of y'all have been there where, where you knew your back was up against the wall. Where you knew you had no way of getting out where you were, it could have been a it could have been a, a, a legal trial against you, it could have been a bill collector coming after you, it could have been a marriage, a family situation, it could have been your health. But I have learned today that when we put our confidence in our God and not our confidence in our abilities, God always makes a way out of no way. The Bible says the battle is not yours. Anybody got any children in here today that you've been trying to reason with and you're trying to get them to see it your way or there's a problem that you're dealing with and you're trying in your strength to change it. I have learned in my short life that you cannot change your situation. You cannot uh, remove the circumstances or, 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 or change the dynamics. There's only one thing that God gives us at our disposal that'll shift whatever you're going through and that is you gotta put your confidence in God. You gotta let go and let God. The problem is too many of us are in control all the time. David, see, David had been in his presence. Gosh, I wish you would get this today. If you don't spend time in the presence of God, If you don't pray and read your Bible and get into his presence and learn how to worship, learn how to wait on God, learn how to depend on him, then you will miss out on a plethora of miracles that God has in store for you. For many of you, God has stored up all your miracles in a box and is sitting up in glory just waiting for you to trust on him. Because he will not dispose miracles in your life if you do it your way. For some of us, he has to let you fall and bust your head and have things to go wrong so that you will get to a place where you recognize that it's not about what I can do, but it's about what God can do. Now, here goes my sermon for the day. Forty days and forty nights, Goliath interrupts their worship. I don't have time to backtrack. But there's a reason why Goliath came to them. 40 days and 40 nights in the mornings and in the evenings. Goliath's strategy was, if I can break their worship, if I can break their time in God's presence, if I can break their communion with God, then I can get them to be full of fear. And if I get them afraid, then fear, the Bible says, is the opposite of love. And fear always ends up in sin. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Watch this now. The devil has one agenda, and that's to make you afraid. If he can get you to doubt God and get you nervous and worried about what God is going to do, then the devil already has you in the palms of his hands. When he came to Adam and Eve, what did he do to Eve? He inspired doubt in her mind to fear that God really didn't have her best interest at heart. Satan's weapon is fear. You can control people with fear. Anybody been in the airport lately? Before 9 9-11? If somebody said to you, let me, let me check A, B, and C, take off your shoes, you'll look them like you was crazy. Who you talking to? No, I ain't taking my shoes off. But now that they're talking about terror everywhere and they raise the colors orange today, green tomorrow, controlling people with fear. Getting people to buy stuff they really don't need. Getting people preparing for Armageddon. If you use fear, you can control the masses. And Satan uses fear to control us, to get us not to move where God wants us to go. So watch this now. The word of God says that Goliath is this imposing figure. He is about 10 feet tall. He is at least 500 pounds. His muscles, his his frame is imposing. Additionally to his size, Goliath has on him, the Bible says, a coat of mail made of bronze. All of his weapons were made of bronze. All this is tactical. Uh, Because bronze uh, reflects off the sun in times of war. So as as Goliath is standing there, not only is he a big dude, but his armament is glowing almost like a godlike deity in the noonday sun. And so the Bible says, in addition to his armor, that he has an armor bearer who stands before him holding his shield. In addition to that, not only is he a big dude with a lot of weapons, he also has got a lot of mouth. And the whole time, Goliath is just barking about what he's going to do. He's talking about what he gonna, what what he gonna, how he gonna kill him. He's saying, "I dare y'all to just put one man out here to come on and do something to me. Can I just get one dude to come on out here and deal with me?" The Bible says that he's doing this for so long that everybody. Now, y'all got to break this down. Explain this to me. Not one man. Not one man. It's the equivalent of somebody coming in this church and daring one person to get up and fight and everybody in this church sits still and waits for him to make a move. And he does this every day. One of the things I found out about bullies, when I was growing up as a kid, there was this dude in my class named Ronnie Post. And uh, Ronnie was a big Italian kid. Uh, Ronnie talked like he was from New York. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) New Yorkers talk in such a way where even if they ain't bad, they just make it feel like they're bad you know forget about it I you know, just, I mean, Ronnie just had this imposing figure and Ronnie would go around and he would just beat up on everybody and he would intimidate everybody and he would threaten everybody but one thing I realized is nobody wants to fight Ronnie nobody has this guy talks about how good a fighter he is but I ain't never seen him get into a fight he might be lying there's a possibility that all this stuff he's talking, come on in here somebody y'all know how bullies are, there was a guy when I was in school, he was the smallest dude in the school, but he had the most mouth and nobody would bother him because of his mouth and I'm sitting here figuring out, I'm saying hold on now ain't nobody fought this dude, nobody has challenged this guy, so one one day uh, the pastor said, you know I'm sick and tired of his mouth. Anybody ever been there before? I- I'm tired of him talking about my mama. I'm tired of him playing the dozens. Come on, say amen. I'm tired of talking about my clothes. I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of feeling like I'm getting punked every time I come around the girls in the school. I said, you know what? I- I, and the next time he says something to me, yeah. it's on. Come on, say amen, somebody. I mean, I'm not the best fighter, but, but, but a brother can only take but so much. Come on in here, somebody. And I said, you know, I, I may not even win the fight, but, but at least I'm going to try him. At least I'm going to test him. At least I'm going to see what he's made of. Oh, bless your heart. I didn't know the laws of fighting. So uh, when homeboy came at me, I said, man, I'm tired of you, Ronnie. He said, well, so what's up there? And I said, so what's up then? He said, so what's up then? Some of y'all know how you really don't want to fight. You know what I'm saying? The Bible, says, the Bible says in this passage of scripture, it says that for 40 days and nights that nobody fought. You know what my recollection is? Nobody really wanted to fight. The enemy had, had literally taken the will to fight out of God's people. The Philistines didn't even want to fight. If, you, if, if, you, if somebody's really bothering you, Come on, say amen. You don't need nobody to encourage you to fight. I got a brother like that. All you got to do is say win, and he'll start throwing punches. People that want to fight. But watch this now. So Ronnie Post said, so what's up? I said, all right. I've seen this somewhere before. I don't remember. I took my foot, and I lunged for it. I didn't even use my fist, y'all. And I let it, i, I me y'all I kicked him right how many know that the giant came tumbling down not on this day he caught my leg before I connected and I took a beating from Ronnie Post but at least I fought him at least I tried I might go down kicking. I might go down with a black eye. But all the kids in school, you know what they said afterwards? They said he got his butt kicked, but at least he fought it. I start getting respect with the other classmates now. I mean, I lost the fight, and people are like, man, yo, I need you to look out for me. I'm just telling you, though, but at least have a desire to get out there. Watch this now. In the text. For 40 days, it eventually you got to say, listen, we've been doing this going back and forth for 40 days and there's no action happening. They should have realized that they did not want to fight them. They were afraid of God's people. See, if you study, you'll find out just a few verses before the armies of Israel. Listen, y'all, listen, had just had just beat the Philistines. What's the difference between now and then? Their leader is no longer full of God. Courage comes from God. Faith comes from God. Gumption comes from God. Fear comes from the devil. The Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Now watch this. I was reading a particular scholar, and he made a phenomenal observation. And we're going to close on this. He said, if you look at Goliath's armament, his size, now don't miss this. This is my sermon. Y'all got to get this. If you look at Goliath's armament, his size, the fact that he had an armor bearer, a trained soldier in front of him, you will come to the conclusion that Goliath never intended to fight. Goliath was a showpiece. The Philistines put him out there just to intimidate. Let me take this a little bit further. Let me use Shaquille O'Neal as an example. When Shaquille O'Neal was a good basketball player, when he was, go on to Boston, man. Go on to Boston. We don't need you. When he was, follow me now. He got so much acclaim in pub because it's very difficult to be that tall and be that nimble. Follow me now. Our bodies, because of sin, are not designed when we're carrying that much weight and that tall to be quick. So people were amazed. This guy's big, but, but his footwork is pretty good. I mean, it's an anomaly to be that big and yet be that nimble. Another example, there was another basketball player many of you have never heard about, but his name was Manute Bowl. Manute Bowl was from Sudan. He was 7'7. He weighed less than Shaquille O'Neal, so he should have been more likely to be more nimble. But watch this now Manute Bowl was the most unorthodox, he had no coordination. That's because, as a result of sin, the bigger you are, the less likely you are to be effective in hand-to-hand combat or in quick and strategic moves in battle. If you look at Navy SEALs, and if you look at Green Berets, and you look at any soldiers nowadays, the the most intimidating soldiers are not big guys. But they're individuals that are quick and that use their head. Watch this now. You know what their goal was? If we put Goliath out here, Goliath is all we have. He's not intended to fight. All the metal and stuff we put on him is too heavy for him to move effectively. So we just hope that they'll be afraid of what they see. Now let me ask you another question. If you're that big, come here, Sean. (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Goliath (laughs) come on Sean stand right here stand right turn around turn around brother turn around brother come on now Just, just work with me for a minute if you're that big you are you are armed and dangerous you got every weapon that's available to you in that day your head is covered your chest is covered your legs are covered you have you have a sword that weighs about 50 pounds Uh, The question is, why are you out here and you have, come over here, brother, an armor bearer standing in front of you? Now, now somebody explain. Now, he's saying, notice what Goliath is saying. You look at the text. He's saying, send me a man that we may fight. Now, I ain't dumb. I see two men right here. Come on in here, somebody. You can play. Some days I'm dumb. Some days I'm smart. But today I ain't about to get killed. This is what the Israelites are saying. They're saying, hold on now. If I go out there, he got help. And more than likely, according to the scholars, their most effective soldier was this guy. So, so, so watch this now. If, 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 if one man were to come out and fight, it was about to be a tag team behind whooping on the one man and then they would immediately have gone after the Israelites and forced them to retreat. Because remember the dare. The dare was, if one guy comes out here and wins, then you will serve us. So, notice this. David's three brothers, Eliab, Shammah, and Abinadab. David walks up on the scene, and these brothers are standing here. He's running his mouth and threatening God's people. David comes up. He sees his three brothers, and he's like, uh, now y'all talked all that junk back at home. Anybody who got older brothers know what I'm talking about. I mean, y'all talked about all these war stories, and how many people y'all killed, and you know, all the stuff you did in battle. He's like, uh, how come ain't nobody out there going to fight this guy? And Eliab, his older brother, Y'all got to watch out for these kind of folk. Start hating on David because he was jealous because David exposed his fear. And he basically said to him, he said, man, why don't you go back out there man, where you came from? He said, man, we got this under control. And David's like, man, y'all been out here for 40 days and ain't nobody did nothing. He's like, okay, I'ma holler at y'all. Then David says, let me go to Saul and find out. Because David says, I want to do things in order. Let me talk to Saul. So he goes and talks to Saul. He says, Saul, listen, man, this guy is out here threatening us. This guy is out here talking trash. He said, listen, man, we got everything we need to go out here and handle business. He said, "Uh, what's up? How come ain't nobody out there fighting? Y'all been here for 40 days. And Saul said, uh, listen, man, we, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to plan a strategy. Uh, we're trying to work this out. He said, hold on, let me stop you right where we are. We are the armies of the Lord. Saul, just feel With all due respect, your, your, your majesty, we are God's army. How come nobody's fighting? Then, then Saul said, listen, man, if you want to go, take my armor. You go out there. The Bible says David put on his armor. And David figured out, he said, listen this ain't my style. And I'm going to show you why in a minute. He said, I I can't, I can't work with this. He said, thank you, Saul. But all I got is a little staff in my hand and I got me a little slingshot and I'm just going to do the best I can. Now there's a secret that I'm going to tell you right now on how to deal with Goliaths in your life. Watch this now, because some of you are dealing with stuff right now and you're afraid. You're already saying it's not going to work out. You're already saying it's too big. You're already saying it's been too long. You're already saying, I tried it before and it didn't work. And what the enemy wants you to do is be afraid. He wants you to speak fear. He wants you to listen to fear. He wants you to act on fear. He does not because he's afraid himself. Do you realize that the devil is afraid of you? Oh, y'all not feeling me in here today. The devil is afraid of you. I'm going to say it again because y'all don't believe me. The devil is afraid of you. One more time. The devil is afraid of you because he knows that if I mess with them, then I've got to deal with God. But he will only have to deal with God if God's people trust in God. But if you get afraid, then he's got you. Watch this. Goliath's still there running his mouth. His armor bearer still there. David walks out into the valley. And I told you last week that David was not trying to figure out his military strategy. David was praying. I see him walking down the valley. And can you hear the whispers of the army? What's he doing? I can hear some of his brothers say, boy, get your butt back here. David, get back here, boy. I I can't go back to daddy and tell him that we lost you in battle when you're supposed to bring us some food. David, get back up in here. David David said, no, I ain't going to let it go down like this. Now, notice, it wasn't about David. The thing that bothered David Wasn't that he was offending the armies of Israel? David couldn't take that they were making fun of his God. And see, you know a fight that you're actually supposed to engage in when you weigh your motives. Is this about you? Or is this about the glory of God? Is this about you? Or is this about his name being made known among the nations? Is this about you? But it wasn't about David. David said, thank you, brother. You can sit down. David said, I cannot allow them to continue to make fun and make small my God. The Bible says that David went out and I can hear him praying. I've been there before. Were you on your way to something? Were you about to get in something? You don't got time to get down and give four hours to God, but all you can do is say, God, I need your help right now. Lord, I don't have the words to express, but I just need you to get me out of this. God, I don't know how you're going to get me out of this, but I know you can. And all the while he's walking, he's not looking at Goliath, he's looking at the heavens. He's not focused on what Goliath got. See, a good military strategy is look at your enemy. Focus on your enemy. Hear what your enemy is saying. But see, they did that, and guess what it did for them? It made them afraid. Follow me now. Don't focus on your problem. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't be consumed with the negative. Negative people always lose in spiritual warfare. (laughs) Goliath over here, David, like this. I'm, I'm I'm seeing the other soldiers. They're standing around like... What is this dude doing? David's David just standing out there twirling, just do your thing, God. You know, his mouth is moving, but ain't nothing coming out. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, Jesus God. I'm, I'm out here all by myself. God, move your way. Have your way, God. We'll move out of here. Do it, Jesus. And the dudes are sitting like this, this boy, this boy about to get killed. <laughs> Nobody came out there with him. Sometimes you got to go out there all by yourself. Sometimes there'll be nobody supporting you. Sometimes they'll tell you you're crazy. Sometimes they'll tell you you're out of your mind. Sometimes they'll say, did you pray about this? They'll say to you, hey, you got to use your head. You need to be wise. But let me tell you something. You can, your perception is not your reality. Let me make this point. Let me get out of here. And let me tell you why David was able to overcome. Are y'all ready for this? Can I tell you why he was able to overcome? First, let me talk about this for a second. We as human beings depend too much on our perception. Everybody else in the valley perceived danger. David perceived opportunity. You ever heard the phrase, your perception is your reality? You know what that really is saying? It's basically saying that you have decided that based on what you see, that that's what it is. Example. A young black man, 21 years old, comes in the back of the church. He's got a white t-shirt. His pants are sagging. He's got cornrows in his hair. He's got piercings all over him and tattoos. He's gripping something close to him, and he walks in slowly and sits down. Your first perception is not that he is a man of God. Now how do you make that judgment? Because perception is based on life's experience. It's not based on reality. It's based upon what you have seen. Let me give you another example. Henry Louis Cole, sorry, Henry Louis Gates. PhD, Harvard professor. Walks out the house, leaves his keys in the house. Comes back home, perception is not reality, comes back home, realizes, I can't get in the house. So what does he do? He he did what I do in my neighborhood. I have a window, and I climb through. And now y'all know why my children try to jump out windows. (laughs) He's trying to get in. A white neighbor that's been in that neighborhood and seen him go back and forth home all the time sees a black man trying to get in that house in that neighborhood and the perception is this is a robbery. Perception is based on point a few. For the Christian... Our perception should not be based upon our past experience. Our perception ought to be based upon the word of God. So what did they perceive? And some listen, some of us are always looking for the snake under the rock. We're just negative. We always think somebody got it out for us. We always think there's something bad, that there's a conspiracy, that this person really doesn't like me. We're so overly sensitive and think people are always trying to come after us. The spirit of God does not give us that kind of disposition. So watch David. The Bible says everybody else perceives Goliath as a threat, but David sees Goliath as an opportunity. Notice what he says in closing. Bible says in verse 45, three points we want to get out of this. Why did David go out when nobody else did? The Bible says, then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Point number one, people that have a God-sized perception never see things in the natural. They see everything in the spiritual. I'm going to help somebody today. For many of us, we're too carnally minded. The only thing we can see is the money. The only thing we can see is what they did. The only thing we can see is how we can't get over it. The only thing we can see is the doctor's report. The only thing that we can see. But the Bible says we are not to walk by sight, but we are to walk by faith. So notice David's statement here. What does David say? The Lord says, he he says, he in his word. He says, David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear. That's the natural. But he says, I come to you with spiritual weapons. I come to you in the name of the Lord. What I'm saying to you today is you got to learn how to start to fight your problems with spiritual weapons. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Every now and then, it's okay to put your weapons down, to put your opinion down, to put your strategy down, and begin to get on your knees and call on God and ask for his blessing and wait on him. The second thing we see out of David, I notice what he says here. He says... I, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. When you start seeing things from a spiritual perspective, then God will give you supernatural courage. Somebody gonna get this today? He'll give you supernatural courage. See, if I only see the problem as a natural problem, then I will respond to it naturally. But you have got to see life. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against... When your child comes in acting crazy, talking crazy, cussing and fussing and tatted up and got all kinds of stuff and drunk and carrying... Listen... Don't go in the flesh. Don't get mad because it's disrespectful to you. But begin to see this thing from God's perspective. This is not danger. This is an opportunity for God to show you how powerful he is. You must never allow what you see to dictate what you do. You must allow what you vision. Lord have mercy. See, the difference between sight and vision is that sight is based upon your eyes, but vision is based upon what God puts in your head. And notice what David said. First of all, he saw it supernaturally. The second thing is, is is that he got God to give him supernatural courage. And so notice what he said. See, when you see things God's way, you can say stuff like this today. The Lord's going to give you into my hand. I'm going to feed all of these soldiers to the car, to to the to the vultures of the air," he said, "and then I'm going to cut your head off. Now, how can you do that, walking in the flesh? The truth of the matter is, is you won't listen. It's, it the truth is, is that he is a giant. He is big, and he, and he might do work on you, but you don't operate based on what you see. You operate based on what God shows you. The last point I want to make to you, word says here, he said, I'm going to strike you and take your head from you. <laughs> he said, this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air. What kind of courage? The wild beasts of the earth and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel watch this now then all this assembly shall know he says it again that the Lord does not save with sword and with spear for the battle is the Lord's come and play for me here's my here's my closing appeal you must first see everything in life as spiritual you just didn't get fired Come on, come on, come on. Your husband is not just that bad. I always see God at work in every situation. When bad stuff happens, that should be a cue to the Christian that God's at work. Y'all better hear me right now. Hear me right now. What I'm preaching to you right now is stuff you're gonna deal with as soon as you leave here. And just as sure as you're sitting under the sound of my voice, many of you are going to walk out here today and then Goliath is going to show up in your life. He's going to reveal himself to you, an impossible situation, something to make you afraid, something to get you off focus, something to get you all entangled in fear, something to get you all nervous and and erect and putting matters in your own hands. But you got to remember that this thing is bigger than you. This is about God trying to do something in you. And no matter what happens to you, it must go through God first. So if it comes to you, God has already allowed it. And God gives you what you're able to handle so that you can bring glory to his name the last point is David said this is going to be about God and not about me listen for many of us it's too personal for us it's too much self caught up in it it's about you hear me now it's about you and anytime it's about you you're going down anytime it's about you your feelings gonna be hurt anytime it's about you you're gonna be disappointed Anytime it's about you, you're going to be all bent in arms. Anytime it's about you, you're going to have nonstop division with with your brothers and sisters and people that you come in. Anytime it's about you. But notice what David said. He said, today I want the name of the Lord to get the glory. Today I'm going to do this because I want people to know that our God is an awesome God and that he reigns forever and ever. And I'm telling you right now, anytime you make it about God, anytime you put the focus on God, then God will come in. God will step in. And God will will turn your situation around but it cannot be about you let's do this just as sure as I'm preaching you are facing a Goliath right now I don't know what it is I know I got mine and you know what the devil is doing he's telling you right now with words it's not going to work out. They're trying to get you. This is a bad thing. One thing I've learned in life. Christians are never cursed. Christians are never cursed. Y'all didn't hear what I said. There's no such thing as bad things happening to Christians. Oh, y'all not hearing me now. You know why? Because a Christian is a child of God and a child of God has a relationship with God. And if a child of God has a relationship with God, that means that God has got their back. And that means that whatever happened in a Christian's life has to go through the hand of God first. And if it goes through the hand of God, then the Bible says that all things, all things, all things, all things, all things, all things, all things work together. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the IRS says, no matter what your marriage is saying, no matter what your children are saying, no, no, God he said all things all things all things work together for them i'm not just trying to preach to push your buttons but i'm telling you what i've learned how to do i've learned how to get caught up in myself to get caught up in what i see i gotta look to the hills and right now the devil had gotten in your head But God says today, if you will just look to me and stop looking at Goliath. If you will see this as a spiritual thing and not as a natural thing. If you will get supernatural courage. And if you will make this about my glory, I'll work it out for you. Here's my appeal. There's somebody right now. You have a child. And your child is giving you all kind of stress. You're having chest pains. Your blood pressure's up. You've been back and forth to the hospital. You think it's natural, but it's spiritual. And you're worried about that child. The Bible says God's people don't worry. He said you seek first the kingdom of heaven. You seek his righteousness. And God will take care of your child. If you know you're here today, you've got a child that you've been worried about, that you've been concerned about. If you want, if you want to be released from the fear, if you want to be like David and have supernatural courage and come against the, the enemy in the name of the Lord, I want you to come out of your seat and come down here right now and let God handle this. And let God deal with this. And let God deal with this. Come on over here and stand. Come on over here. If you've got a child that you're worried about, come on right here. Now I want some married folk in here. Some married folk. The enemy done got in the home and he done made himself visible. He's talking. He's barking. He's blaming. He's accusing. But by the grace of God today, you don't got nothing to be ashamed about. You're too desperate to sit here and let your blessing go over you. But you want to come down here right now. Bring your wife. Bring your children and come to the altar and say, God, I want to learn how to see things supernaturally. I want to see things spiritually. I want to see you work stuff out. I'm tired of depending on my thoughts, myself. God move I got somebody in here that's hurting right now I got a hurting person guilt, I don't know what it is emotional issues unforgiveness bitterness and you want to be free from it right now hear me now you're still upset about some stuff you're still discouraged about some stuff you you have not let that thing go and it's paralyzing you it's eating you it's eating you from the inside out but i'm telling you today that there's freedom in god you gotta you gotta you gotta work with spiritual weapons you gotta claim the word of god over your situation you gotta talk to your situation to the devil and tell him he's a lie you gotta call on the name of the lord even when you don't feel if you're here today and you want to be free from some stuff you're dealing with out out of your seat and come down here and give your stuff to god god is able Someone in here has an addiction like the pastor did. We don't like to talk about this in church. but I thank God for Craig. Where are you, Craig? Lift your hands up, my brother. Anybody else in here been set free from addiction? Lift your hand. Anybody ever been stuck on something and God pulled you out of it? Bless, bless the Lord. God is able. God is able. Somebody here today is addicted to something. It ain't nobody's business, but you're addicted to something. It could be a fear. It could be an emotion. It could be a substance. It could be a way of life or whatever. It could be your job. But by the grace of God today, you want to come and say, God, this thing is not bigger than me, but I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. Talk to your God. Tell your God. Move right now. Where are you? Move out right now. There's somebody here today that you're at your spiritual wit's end. When you pray, you don't feel nothing. You come to church and you sit in the balcony, you sit on the floor, and you just hear. You're not moved by anything anymore and you're trying to feel, figure out what's wrong with me. But the enemy's trying to steal some stuff in your life. The enemy's trying to keep you in a lukewarm Laodicean state. But I want you to know right now that you serve a God that can restore the joy that you first had. We serve a God today that can, that can renew in you a passion and a hunger for God. Is there anybody here today that had, that's just, you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're stuck in a spiritual rut. You, you, you ain't feeling it. And you're just here because you just came. But, but, but today you want God to work a miracle in your soul. I want you to move right now. Come right now. Move out of your seat. Last appeal. The other Goliath in your life is a broken relationship. You might be an adopted child and you've never met your parents. And there's a burning desire in you to know where you came from. You might be somebody that's had odds in a relationship here at church or in a family. But, but you're looking at this thing, you're saying this thing is too big. Too much hurt has happened. Too much pain has been caused. I, I can't get over this. But, you, but the problem is, is they're not the ones that's bound. You're bound by the pain. But I want you to know we serve a God today that's able to do that. He can release you from pain. Do I have any witnesses in here today that know that we serve a God that can release you from pain. I want you to come right out of your seat right now, whoever you are. the Lord is leading me here somebody is wrestling with a demon somebody is fighting demonic forces listen to me church we're not here to play games and those that are prayer warriors I need you to begin to call on the name of the Lord I'm not saying you have demons. I'm saying you fighting them. And they're sending you messages. They're saying things to you. They're trying to get you to do stuff you got no business. And you know who it is. It's the enemy of your soul. He could be speaking to you about anything. But right now, you, you know that you're too weak to fight him. You know that you're not strong enough to deal with him. But you need spiritual power. To be able to go back home and deal with the devil. If you know who I'm, I'm just doing what I'm being led to do. If I got somebody in here today that's in a fight, that's in a spiritual fight for their life. I want you to press through the crowd and come down here right now. Move out of your seat. Come right here right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. now. Healing is in the name of Jesus. Let, we, we don't got time right now to be worried about who's looking and who's worried. You're too desperate. You're too hungry. You've been going through too much. You need God to move in your situation. Come, come, my come, come, come. Elders, come. Come and begin to pray right now. Is there anybody else? you fight, you know you're fighting this thing, you're fighting, it's in your mind, it's in your head, and you're sick and tired of it, you just can't seem to let it go. But God says today, I'm more than powerful to deal with your situation, and you want God to give you victory today. I want you to just press right now and come get free. I want you to press right now and come get free. Just lift your hand and come, come on, my sister, come my sister. In the name of Jesus. Is there a young person in here right now? You come to church, but you got all kinds of stuff going on. I'm talking to my young people now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex, yeah. drugs, and all kinds of other vices you're doing and nobody knows about it. You're too afraid to tell your parents because of what they might say. You're too afraid to tell your pastor because you're just too ashamed of what you've done. But whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever it is what you're dealing with today, oh my God, oh my God, please don't let the enemy have the victory. I plead the blood of Jesus over your life right now. If you're in the hallway, if you're downstairs, wherever you are, if you're in the balcony, get out of your seat right now before it's too late. Get out of your seat right now before the devil wins in your life and run to Jesus, run to the Lord Jesus right now. I need folk praying right now. Where are you? I know you're here today. Move right now. You want to be free? Is there a young person who's got boldness today that wants to be free? It ain't nobody's business. You just want to be free. Move out of your seat. You want to be free? Make way for the children. The children are coming. You want to be free? You want to be free? You want to be free? Can't talk to mama can't talk to daddy you've been passed around from place to place you don't feel loved you feel abandoned you feel rejected you just keep coming to church i want my young people right up here in the front i want my kids right up here y'all move right now come on come on up here come on up here move out of the way let my kids get to me move out of the way move out of the way move out of the way the devil's after them like a roaring lion in the name of jesus Serve a God that is able to heal. Is there anybody else? I didn't call your number. I didn't call I didn't I didn't call your specific thing. But you've been waiting on for me to call you. But I can't call you because God's calling you. God already called you to move out of your seat and come right here right now. Press brothers and sisters. Press. Press. Press right now. I want everybody to just lay your hand on somebody's shoulder. And I want you to begin to pray right now for freedom. Pray right now for victory. Pray right now for yourself. Pray for your children pray for your families pray for your soul pray for your courage pray for victory pray for power pray for deliverance pray for healing call on the lord don't be ashamed to call on his name call on the name of the lord the name of the lord is a strong tower somebody had thoughts to take their own life i got somebody in here is dealing with suicide Somebody came to church today and you you ain't really been. You came to church, but God has, he has an appointment with you. He wants you to be saved. Does anybody need to be baptized? Do you need to surrender your life to Jesus? Put your hand in the air. You need to be baptized and give your life again to Jesus. Put your hand in the air. If you want to be baptized and give your life to Jesus, I want you to put your... If you want to be free from the past, if you want to be free from sin, if you want to be free from the enemy, if you want to be free from what you've done, if you want to be free from guilt, if you want to be free from the stains in your life, if you want to be free, put your hand in the air and say, God, wash me. Say, God, clean me. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. If you if you have somebody on your mind, they're not here right now, shout their name right now. You could just shout their, right shout, their right shout their name right now. Shout their name right now. Shout their name right now. Father, here we are today. I have a simple request. Give to us what you gave to David. Give us spiritual courage to be able to face our stuff, face our issues, face our giants, and give us supernatural courage to be able to look our situations in the face and say, Today, today. Today the Lord will give me the victory. Today the Lord will set me free. Today the Lord will work it out. Today the Lord will save. Today the Lord will deliver. Today the Lord will heal. Today the Lord will work it out. Today I trust in the Lord. Today, I got some folk that are in so much pain right now. They're fighting back tears. I got young people that are so hurt because of stuff they've gone through in their families that they're fighting back tears. They're fighting them back. Nobody knows what you're going through. It's been a secret. You've been hiding here, You've been dealing by yourself. But I want you to know if you would just lift your hands in the air and just begin to call on the name of God and say, God, help me that God will come to your rescue today, today, right now. Father, I bless you and I thank you. You have heard and you have answered. You are mighty to save. Help us to see you and not see our problems. Help us to focus on you and not what the enemy would have us to focus on. Help us to put our trust in you. Brothers, let's make a vow today that for the next seven days not a negative word will come out of our mouths oh hallelujah that we will not speak against our victory. That we will not talk about what's wrong with our spouse. That we will not say what's wrong with our church. That we will not talk about what cannot happen. For the next seven days, let's just offer up praise. Anytime a negative thought comes in your mouth, claim the promises of God. Anytime something tries to get you to get off your focus, I want you to look to the heel to which cometh your help. Do I have anybody here with me today? Have I got a witness that just for seven days, we're gonna not focus on what's wrong, but we're gonna focus on our God. All in favor, say aye. I said all in favor, say aye. aye. God, take control of our minds. The enemy is trying to fight for our minds. But God, I want you to set up a throne in my head. And I want you to reign on my mind. Cover my mind. Cover my thoughts. Cover my feelings. Cover my emotions. God, come in my mind and my heart. In the name of Jesus we pray. And everybody bless his name and say amen and amen. Go back to your seats rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. Go back to your seats, praising him. Go back to your seats worshiping him. Come on, let's stand to our feet right now. Stand to our feet right now. Let's just give God praise right now. Come on, somebody. It's right now.